0: friends we're back your favorite podcast of the week it's location weekly it's episode 597 we're recording on december or sorry not december yet almost december november the 29th don't december. rush it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's coming it's coming fast enough november the 29th and uh, this is uh, yeah episode 597 so we're, we're getting close to that next uh, century mark how are you abriana
1: I am doing well. I had a nice Thanksgiving um, and I am, you know, just like hit the ground running this week. So much to do before the end of the year, but I am looking forward to taking some much needed downtime with the family, but things are good, you know, full on a uh, winter sw- swing here. How about you?
0: Yeah, it's been good. Um, yeah, I had a kind of a fairly relaxed weekend, which was nice. Um, and you know, whenever you guys have Thanksgiving down there, it's a little bit less uh, for us because you know our, all of our U.S. clients and people are are off. So you know, we it's kind of we get a little break too. Um, You're welcome. In a way. So, yeah, thank you. yeah. So we, we you know we get two Thanksgivings. We get our own in Canada, and then we have yours sort of too. So it's kind of it's kind of good. Um, but yeah, it's been nice up here in Toronto. Uh, the weather has been pretty warm. I hear it's going to turn soon in a few weeks. Uh, Uh, But I'm actually going to even warmer next, uh, next week, I'm going to be in Miami um, for the VR, AR conference, the Immersed Global Conference um, with Nathan Petty, John, and all that, all that crew down there. Um, So looking forward to that, maybe I'll even bump into our our old friend, Jonathan. Uh, You never know. Uh, I reached out to him. So hopefully uh, he can come out and we can, we can connect, but uh, yeah, looking forward to that. It's the weather forecast looks amazing. It's like, 28 Celsius every single day in sunshine. so I'm like yeah that's what I
1: need. Sounds amazing maybe you'll run into uh, some art basil show pop-ups yeah. too while you're there.
0: Yeah that'll be good. so um, yeah so that's what I'm doing. Uh, if you're down there come to the immerse Global conference um, if you're in the VR AR metaverse world that's that's where you want to be that's all things metaverse. I'm down there talking about uh, my startup, Ground Level Insights, and we built this little tool that tracks people between the metaverse and the physical world and linking them together. So that's what I'm talking about. Um, so it should be fun.
1: Sounds like it. I'm jealous. I'll be here in the cold. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there you go. So we have a good show for you. Four stories, as per usual, a range of things this week. Uh, and I'll let Aubriana kick, it, kick us off with an interesting uh, retail story from her local uh, world there in New York.
1: Yeah, I I think this is like a transition as we're talking about, you know, the convergence of technology and art culture, things of that nature. H&M is testing out some new things in their brand new store. They just opened a experiential store at 7,000 square feet in Williamsburg neighborhood in Brooklyn. Um, And they are really building this out in an experiential way that I think is super unique to um, you know, H&M for sure, but also something that's uh, you know, very appropriate for that neighborhood. So they are bringing in these, these new events. You'll expect them to rotate every four to 12 weeks. And there's going to be several tech components to it, which would include things like real-time visibility of the inventory and sizing options that they have there um, that will be enabled with the RFID technology, also mobile payments anywhere throughout the store. Um, and then fitting rooms with smart mirrors, where you would be able to identify like the product size and color and um, get recommendations. We've, we've heard of this before uh, with some other, some other stores that are doing similar features, but um, you know, the smart mirror will use the RFID technology to get the information about you know what the customers brought into the fitting room. And then the smart mirrors really just collect the product data, right? Um, So throughout next year, we're going to have all these different features and consumer activations that are coming um, into the neighborhood. And they're going to be focused around like art and fashion and music and local businesses and and local personalities. So every Friday, they're going to have different offerings like DJs, artists, style makers. um, And they partnered with this Williamsburg agency called The Gathery for this. And the first event that's running throughout December is called uh, Brasserie uh, Hennis, and it's inspired by this wintry kind of French cafe scene um, of sorts, where shoppers can go in and browse not only the H and M's like holiday collection, but also this curated collection from some local Williamsburg merchants and and artists. So, um, you know, they've also already committed to showcasing three local Brooklyn band bands next year, and then they're going to have like this dedicated space with. A coffee station, a magazine rack and themed music and all of those things. Um, So what I really love about this story, and I really like this a lot, is that it's not necessarily new or groundbreaking technology. We've seen this before with other retailers, but I think that they are taking something that's a very international store chain. You know, all of the line is similar. You roll it out the same basically to every store, but they're making this very custom and very local. And it's perfect for this brooklyn neighborhood so they're tapping into like their their local music and their art scene and um you know if you know anything about brooklyn and specifically williamsburg you know some might deem it a a hipster demographic but it's definitely a very much like younger demographic and vibrant and there's a huge art scene and uh in brooklyn and it's super cool so i think that they're just taking something that is you know, a chain, and they're bringing it to the neighborhood, and I think that's so smart, and it's a perfect fit for um, all that Williamsburg has to offer and, and the people that live there. So I'm impressed by this, and and I would love to see more of this happen, like at those, um, you know, national and international retail retail levels. So I think this is super smart, and um, I'm excited to hear. I have a friend who said she's going this weekend, so I'm waiting for her to report back.
0: Yeah, I think this is super exciting. First of all, uh, echo what you said. I think that you know, leaning into the local vibe of the neighborhood and the actual like makeup of the community and drawing on local artists and all those kinds of things. I think this is this is what retail needs, right? You know, we've talked a lot about sort of you know the Amazon effect of you know being able to just buy stuff online and kind of you know what that meant over the last number of years on actual foot traffic to stores. And then we had COVID and, you know, obviously, you know, less people going out, more people ordering online again. Uh, But I think in terms of driving foot traffic back to physical retail, it needs to be truly experiential. It needs to be something that's not just I'm there to buy, you know, these two items of clothing, but I'm there to actually, you know, spend some time and, you know, play around with the clothes and and touch and feel things and, and you know, get style tips and 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 kind of have it be a truly experiential environment. and it, so I like that they're doing that and and I really like you know the sort of the the use of RFID and, and the fitting mirrors with the, uh, the recommendations that come from that. And you know, I think the one piece that I've seen in some other executions, maybe it's here it's just not outlined in the um, in the article I read is is the social sharing piece where you can kind of like, Oh look, look at, you know, here's my shot from the smart mirror and, you know, this recommendation, push that out to your friends and kind of get feedback, you know, on, on social in real time and things like that, I think would be interesting. I'm assuming the promotion of what's happening locally, which artist is playing, all of that is, is is shared through social in some form, but I really like this. I like the the work that, you know, the, uh, the gathering is doing here with, you know, again, I'm a local agency, you know, chosen and worked with you know, to, to execute this. So I think that's really interesting as well. So, all, you know, I, I love this. I think this is what every big city, every neighborhood, you know, that can accommodate something like this should be doing this kind of stuff, right? Um, because I think it's it, it's it's creating a destination. It's creating something that, you know, it's, it, it's kind of like taking a, a page out of Mall of America, you know, and, and shrinking it down to something, you know, in this case, 7,000 square feet. Um, and, and creating a, a fun experience and sort of a, a day trip, if you will, uh, for people. So I like it. righty, on to our second story. So this is a completely shift now from retail and finding experience to super technical. Uh, but, you know, we're all familiar with, uh, you know, GPS and the US you know, GPS system and the European Galileo system and Glosnos in, in Europe and others um you know we rely on GPS every day and you know for mapping and and you know ways and all these things that we we use it for um but it has its limitations um and uh you know it, it can be you know weakened by you know buildings and and walls and other radio signals kind of blocking it and things like that and the accuracy isn't you know, kind of what maybe we would expect in today's world of location-based services, right? Uh, for satellites that were put up a generation ago. Um, so on average, I think, you know, most would say normal GPS, you're seeing about three, four meters of accuracy in terms of positioning, uh, which isn't bad, but it's not, you know, super great. Um, so a group of, of researchers at three universities, Delft University, Vera Universiteit Amsterdam, and VSL have developed an alternative approach to navigation with something that they're calling Super GPS. So it's a hybrid positioning system that combines wireless signals and optical connections to pinpoint locations. They say within centimeter, uh, centimeters of accuracy. So very, very accurate. Um, and um, yeah, they say this could work uh, as an alternative when you know GPS is out. Uh, or in areas where you just have poor accuracy and like say an urban canyon due to weak satellite signals or, or, you know, areas where there's just so many buildings and the signal is kind of uh, obstructed. Um, so I think this is interesting. They say it, it, uh, the system can provide connectivity as well, uh, just like an existing mobile network and Wi-Fi networks do. So, you know, in some, similar to, for example, how you, in some airlines you use satellite for Wi-Fi. Uh, on planes, um, so acting as a uh, as a mechanism for uh, connectivity as well, um, you know, could be a powerful way to do this. Um, and so they say one of the innovations that they came up with is connecting the mobile network to a very accurate atomic clock, which is essentially how GPS works for timing and positioning of messages based on atomic clock. Um, so, you know, all in all, this is way too complex for me. It's way over my head. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll end my comments with this. You know, I years ago, um, probably seven years ago, I was asked to come and speak at a conference uh, in Washington on, on, on Capitol Hill. And it was a conference that was all about, you know, uh, satellites and defense and military and, um, and all, you know, sort of, you know, all, all the innovations that were coming around GPS and satellites. And I'm like the one guy in the room that's talking about mobile and consumer applications and all this. And like, literally, I'm on a panel. It's me uh, some three-star general, a guy who's like senior VP at Lockheed Martin, who's building this stuff, and a guy from DARPA uh, talking about what they're on the space research for for NASA's research are. And, and they're all talking about, yeah, they are going to have these great new satellites. And, you know, when we put the new satellites up, we're Next time we have to like, you know, uh, target Osama, somebody like an Osama bin Laden, we'll be able to like shoot the thing to like his shirt pocket and it'd be super accurate, like, like at that level. And I'm like, and I'm sitting here going, I'm talking about how we can send an ad to somebody's phone, like when they're, you know, on the same technology. Right. And, um, so. All that to say, I think, yes, um, there's certainly innovation happening in this space. Satellite and GPS needs to get more accurate. And I think given some of the challenges that we're seeing right now with, um, you know, uh, mobile privacy uh, limitations and things like that, these become great alternatives. Your thoughts?
1: No, I mean, I'm always interested to hear how like new technology is being created and developed and furthered. And I obviously think that connectivity is such an important thing in our life. Um, you know, like moving to a new city and and driving less, it has been, I would say a challenge when I do go out, I'm constantly using a GPS um, to get places. And so I get very frustrated when I'm in an area and it's not working and I'm just kind of like driving around aimlessly or it's spinning and not connecting. Um, So I think that there is a need for this at a basic level, but also when it comes to anything around, um, you know, safety and like just everything that we do from, um, you know, I would say like a a security perspective um, in our lives and in our countries. Um, So it's interesting to see like how this continues to develop and again, yes, I would say this is above Above my pay grade as well, <laughs> on the technology side. But um, I don't know. I'm excited to see like how does this how does this impact like the systems that we are using in our lives every day. Yeah. Right. Well, staying on the the topic of of GPS and uh, navigation to an extent. Um, we're going to head over to Qatar, where the World Cup is, is happening at this very moment. I think uh, we've got the, the USA team slated to play um, in a few hours. And um, a, a group called the Qatar Mobility Innovation Center, or QMIC, has re- released a new version of their, their mobile app, which is called Wayne, W-A-I-N, um, on both iOS and Android services. Um, And this is focused, Cumic is focused on on IoT platforms and solutions and services and and really thinking more about like intelligent transportation, logistics, telematics, road safety, um, all of those key vertical areas. Um, So they developed this Wayne mobile application years back, but they have now like upgraded it for the World Cup. And it's really delivering these location-based services specifically in Qatar. Um, They also launched a new tool recently, which is called CAMS. Um, And this is like a map content and road closures that can be uh, sent to consumers and users in real time. So that notification feature. Some of the things that they're really focused on for World Cup, though, are more about like navigating people to and from from the event. Right. So once a, a user parks the car, Um, They can use the Wayne navigation to park the car, then they can automatically save their parking space. Um, And then they can provide like walking guidance where what gate do they need to go to, how to get there, Um, and then doing like a live view within their maps. So um, another feature that they've added is more of a personalization section. And so they can allow uh, users to choose between the different teams, different content categories in order to give this more of a, you know, showcase attractions, events, and certain things that are happening that might be of more interest to them um, and and smartly navigate them. So I find the naming of this Wayne interesting since we have Waze here uh, that we use quite often. It sounds like this is the uh, Qatar equivalent of Waze to me. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think that any event like a World Cup or an Olympics or anything that you are with so many people in a new and un, you know uncharted territory for you it's important to be able to have that navigation so um, you know I think that sometimes using certain features out of other places gives me pause uh, you know when you hear stories around security and and tracking and privacy and things of that nature but you um, not focusing on that avenue here i i think that it's important to be able to help people find their way around when they're in a new area so nothing groundbreaking here in terms of, again of technology we've seen this through apps that are very well developed at a global level um and, you know from a mapping perspective and you know even thinking of like our friends at at glimpse right and how they're providing that yeah. navigation to and from so i think this is very much in line with that it's just uh something that's Super local and and relevant, perhaps to that specific place. Thoughts?
0: Yeah, I, I, it's funny. I was as you were saying that that was was exactly what was going through my mind was glimpse and kind of you know uh, some of the use cases for for that app um, and uh, and sort of just the, the comparison there. But yeah, I mean, I think one of the things I like about what they've done here is, you know, obviously you're in you're in a new place uh, as as a fan, as a visitor. There's you know thousands and thousands of people there, you know, attending these these matches and these games. Um, it's a problem for most people. It's it's a new place. It's a place they haven't been before. They don't know uh, how to navigate it. So I like that they've kind of pulled, you know, the content around the games and the matches and sort of the personalization aspects of it together with sort of the real-time alerts and road closures and all those things together. So one thing in particular is um, they, uh, they like, with, with the parking, for example, they they know your your ticket status, like what level of ticket you have, and then they, uh, based on that, give you the appropriate parking, you know, to enter, you know, the stadiums, that, you know, um, in the gates that obviously are, are closest to, you know, whatever ticket status you have. So I think that's interesting because you see... You know, with a lot of uh, sporting events and things that we see here in North America, um, you know, it might say on the ticket or typically we'll say like when I go to Blue Jays game, you know, en- you know, your are best to enter through gates seven or 12 or whatever to get, you know, to your seats. But it doesn't, that doesn't necessarily translate to parking um, recommendations or things like that so or, or which subway station or, or things like that you know that you might want to take so I like that they're kind of you know leaning into that a little bit um, and kind of delivering that sort of true like real customization based on knowing a bit more about who you are and what ticket you have and which teams you support and all those kinds of things um, maybe uh, you know even sort of could could be used, you know, sort of for post games, you know, sort of marketing purposes from that point of view. So I think there's some some data learnings here too, when you when you have uh, this type of audience. So I like it. All right, last story. We're going to jump over to the UK now. So uh, iconic British retailer Sainsburys uh, has uh, launched a new partnership with fintech giant Checkout.com. Um, and the focus here is not uh, in an online scenario, but uh, in a physical store scenario to eliminate the till or the cashier. Um, and so obviously there's a lot of technologies out there, uh, you know, Amazon Go and you know, uh, standard cognition and all these sort of automated um, checkout type of scenarios. But this one is really focused on on the mobile payments piece of things. So the idea here is they've developed a new smartphone-enabled checkout app. It's called SmartShop um, and uh, in partnership between Sainsbury's and Checkout.com. And um, they started testing this back in August. And essentially, as a customer in the stores, you can scan items as you shop and check out uh, autonomously without the need of going to any cashier or any self-checkout or anything like that. Um, so it's all done through an app with a scanner built in. Um, and you just do it as you go. And I just put it in the bag and, and away you go. So, um, you know, I think this is interesting. You know, I'm, you know, I, I think about it for a second and I'm like, you know, what, you know, how much uh, theft does that open up uh, potentially for items that are not scanned, I guess, is there a way to verify or do you have to show something on the way out uh, the door, um, like you do when you go to Costco, um, you know, or something like that, you know, I, I'm intrigued by that part of it, but I love the simplicity of, you know, just scanning things with my phone as I go along and, and paying for them through uh you know, a, a checkout account that I already have tied in my mobile app. Um, that makes a ton of sense to me. They also have another uh, checkout product uh, called Process Out, which is a payment orchestration platform that directs direct payment flows across the business uh, that they're using as well. So they seem to have built this sort of broad partnership between Sainsbury's and checkout.com. Um, and, but I like it. I like the simplicity of the mobile the mobile scan and checkout piece. And um, I'm intrigued to understand sort of the, uh, the potential, like like the loss prevention uh, components of this. So if, if anyone out there at checkout.com or Sainsbury is listening to this and wants to reach out after they see this story, I, I would like some more information on that part. But uh, what are your thoughts, Avrianna?
1: Yeah, I mean, while you were you know going through this, I was thinking of the story we told um, not too many weeks ago about Wegmans kind of rolling this back, right? they said that there was just too much theft. And from a loss prevention standpoint, they had to take back like their mobile checkout kind of, um, you know, integration that they had completed. So it's interesting to see, you know, retailers rolling this out and others pulling it back. And um, I do love the simplicity of it. I think that anything that can be more seamless or streamlined is really helpful. And I was thinking also about how, when I, you know, I'm a I'm a pretty regular like target shopper, you know, it's like, mom, you need something quick for school or whatever. That's kind of my go-to and I use the app all the time. So sometimes I'll use it for the drive up. Sometimes I'll use it just to like scan and see what's on sale, but I'm always scanning everything I have, but then I have to rescan it when I go to checkout. Right. So I think that there is something to be said if there's a way to ensure maybe like the loss prevention aspect of it and tackle that side of it. I think from a consumer experience standpoint, it makes a lot of sense um, to do that. And maybe it's like a weight thing, you know, you can just kind of uh, determine the weight of of items based on their size and what they are. And, you know, that's programmed into it. I don't know. There's ways, there's ways to, to address it for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm always, I'm always like game for making shopping more simple. (laughs)
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, like remove the friction. It's all, that's, that's a good thing. So uh, I, I like it overall, but uh, yeah. So that's our show for this week. For uh, wide ranging stories this week uh, in retail and GPS tech and all sorts of things. But uh, we thank you as always for your time, for listening, for watching. Uh, please reach out if you have feedback, story ideas, uh, give us some likes some love on whatever podcast platform you're consuming this on. And uh, we'll see you next week for another show. Have a great week, everybody, and talk to you soon. Bye.